Empire. Upon a reopening, the secondary ticket market has some new bells and whistles. I think one of the really interesting trends uh, or, or sort of things to have happened was that we had this, this big vision around your ticket should be your sort of remote control for the, the whole experience. That's Eric Waller, chief product officer and one of the founders of SeatGeek, who first needed to survive a pandemic, and now they're ready for their 2.0. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The secondary ticket market might be one of the founding fathers of the marriage of sports and technology, which we love to profile here. It wasn't that long ago that scalpers were the market for ticket resales, which feels ludicrous now. But like everything else, no business can avoid ups and downs, and companies like SeatGeek, this past year, it nearly buried them. But they're back and have spent their time waiting out the pandemic wisely. Our guest this week is Eric Waller. He's the chief product officer and one of the founders of SeatGeek, which many of you will know as a secondary market to buy and sell tickets to sporting events, concerts, and other entertainment. But they are also a company that is knee-deep in a lot of different modern technologies, and so we wanted to catch up with Eric. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, let me just start with the broad, because I've been dying to ask you this. You had a business that literally was shut down because sports and entertainment shut down globally. Um, can you kind of take me through what 2021 and the last 14, 15 months have been like for you? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I can't put the specific date on it, but it was back in, you know, March 2020. Uh, obviously, the news about COVID was starting to become pretty loud, and we were, you know, starting to do projections about how we thought things would go. And, you know, we sort of imagined maybe city by city, events would start to kind of close down. You wouldn't want to have public gatherings. And then, of course, I think it was really the, the NBA canceling the season that really sent everything into a tailspin, and suddenly, basically, live events shut down more or less overnight. Uh, so that, that really took us by surprise. And we basically spent, I would say, the first couple of months scrambling, interestingly enough, to sort of run the marketplace backwards and for the first time get sellers back to buyers, you know, at, at massive scale. And, and a lot of those sellers often had to get their money back from teams and venues and uh, rights holders. So that was that was quite an interesting few months there. And then, you know, for us, it became a combination of, you know, sort of figuring out one, how to survive, of course, and that being priority number one. And then two, looking at basically two things. One was, so in addition to our marketplace business, we work directly with venues, uh, you know, call it Seekeek Enterprise. And basically they're using all the Seekeek apps and website and such to issue their tickets, sell their tickets, you know, get their fans into their stadium, give them a good experience. So we spent a lot of time working with rights holders, both on how do you deal with, you know, turning off all your events, postponing, you know, rescheduling all these things. And then how do you start getting fans back safely again? And then of course, the other thing was we had some free time. So we, uh, we thought, you know, what, what big changes to the platform, the products have we always wanted to make and, and what could we do now differently and maybe more quickly. 
you know, with much, much less traffic than, than we were used to. Um, and I want to get to all that new technology, uh, but just last thing on the past, um, because I, I, I think about a business like yours and I go, are they literally going to survive and how long do they have uh, before things reopen? Um, was there ever a serious thought that you guys might not survive this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were doing, I mean, the, our uh, chief data science uh, officer was kind of updating us all constantly on the newest, you know, testing and insights on could there be a vaccine and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm sure as many people remember in those first months, it was really, would it be better that summer, next summer, 2023? Like who, who knew, right? And so we had a sense that, you know, we could survive a year or so with no events, but much beyond that, uh, it would get pretty hairy. And of course, we were sort of talking to investors and, and trying to optimize our cost basis and all these things. But um, the question, I mean, it was very, very much a question in the beginning. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you started to see some positive signs in that first summer. But then again, you know, I think the, the sort of early moment of excitement was when the NFL season went on sale at effectively full capacity. But then, of course, we had to pull that back you know, to reduce capacity and then, you know, return all those tickets. And there was a second NFL season on sale at a reduced capacity, but at least, you know, some signs of life there, uh, you know, we started feeling a lot better, but in those first couple of months is absolutely, you know, a question of whether or not we would make it. Let me ask you a broad question about the industry as well. Um, what I find interesting about what you do and, and what your competition does is I wonder what you view, how you view sports tech in general now, because, I look at what you all did as almost like forefathers of a number of different things that came into the sports marketplace. Ticket resale was never democratized like this. And it feels like it's one of the first major, I don't know, I, I don't know if invention is the right way to put it, or modernization of how fans can engage with one another and attend events. Um, do you kind of see that that way, that you were kind of at the forefront of the tech boom in sports and entertainment? Yeah, I mean, I certainly like to think so, and I, I appreciate uh, you seeing it that way. I think the kind of the biggest things that we were, you know, focused on from very early on was helping people, regardless of when they were looking to buy, find a great deal and, and find the best deal of all the, the possible tickets out there. And so, you know, our early focus was how do you sort through the many, many options of, you know, sometimes, you know, primary initial sale tickets, sometimes resale tickets listed at very different prices, a lot of different seats in the stadium. How do you find the, the best value? And then the second big thing for us was doing that really, really well on mobile. I think, you know, sort of unquestionably, we were, we were first to do something really, really, uh, you know, really usable and, and really easy on mobile from a selling tickets perspective. And, you know, that kind of that focus on mobile has really been the, the driving factor for everything we thought about. And, you know, that sort of extended through, okay, First, let's help you find a great deal. Now, let's help you have a great time at the event. And, you know, these days that might be something more pragmatic like a, a COVID health survey um, or mobile food ordering, you know, something more exciting like mobile food ordering. But really thinking about, okay, now that mobile is such a core part of everything we do, how do you extend that through the the actual event attendance experience? So as you're working with the teams and the leagues um, and, and all your clients, as we're now welcoming fans back almost in mass or pretty close to in mass. Um, 
What are their priorities when they talk to you about how we're going to bring people back and what fans want and what they're looking for in the experience? What are they saying to you? So I would say, fingers crossed that that this holds, but for many months it was COVID safety, of course, was the absolute number one priority. I think now the feeling is starting to lighten up a bit and and everyone is feeling like this is absolutely important, but the, the vaccine rollout seems to be going very, very well. You know, we're bringing nearly uh, full capacity events back in certain places and so no big negative stories coming out of that, which is great news. Um, so there's sort of caution around COVID, of course, and, and as is appropriate, but I think the feeling there is starting to lighten up a bit, which is great. I think one of the really interesting trends uh, or, or sort of things to have happened was that we had this, this big vision around your ticket should be your sort of remote control for the, the whole experience. Uh, so, I'm not sure the last time you've flown on an airplane, it's been a while for me, but I know I, I personally love the Delta app, you know, sort of the whole day of the relatively complex tells you what game, you know, if the plane is delayed all sort of just manages your whole experience. And our thought is like, Hey, everyone needs a ticket. And so if the ticket can do, you know, why can't the ticket do all that for you? Why, why it's just huh. be a sort of static image on your phone. And the, the sort of post COVID, view I think has, has shifted a lot among you know, teams and leads and news and we'll sort of like suddenly get that vision totally and so it's like okay we have to issue a COVID policy to all of our fans. You launched some products I mean, you probably never thought you'd have to do this when you started this company but you did launch a bunch of products to try to guide venues with the reopening. Um, can you kind of take us through that like how you were advising teams and leagues about bringing fans back into the arena? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the product suite we called SeatGeek Adapt, and it was really everything around how do you both decide how you're going to bring fans back through how do you sell those tickets in a way that, you know, makes sense to fans. And then how do you, you know, at, at actual event day, game day, how do you bring them in safely? And so the first thing we worked on was really uh, how to create a socially distanced venue manifest and, you know, build some software our data science team worked on this based on, you know, sort of ticket trends, ticket sales trends we've seen in the past. You know, do people prefer to buy two tickets, four tickets? Turns out the average is 2.3 tickets, but uh, a pair of tickets is the most commonly purchased amount. So how do you decide what sort of pods, as we call them, you want to have distributed throughout the venue? And how do you design those pods so that they're socially distanced appropriately according to the, you know, the local health regulations? And then the next step is, okay, how do, how do you make sure people understand that during the purchase flow and how do you let them transfer tickets and, and resell tickets while following all these social distancing rules? And then, of course, the final step is right before you enter, in most jurisdictions, it needed to be within 24 hours of attending the event, uh, fill out a COVID health survey that says, you know, you haven't had any exposure or you've taken a test that's negative or you, you've been vaccinated. So that's kind of the full the full suite. But yeah, certainly not something we ever expected to uh, get involved in in the early days. You also are are launching things that have to do with the in-stadium experience through SeatGeek, like mobile food ordering and and I'm sure some stuff with concessions and that type of stuff. Um, When did that ball start rolling? Was that pre-COVID? And how did you guys get involved in that realm of the experience in-stadium? Yeah, it's a good question. So our view has always been, you know, that mobile will be a bigger and bigger part of, of just 
really customer experience in all industries, but particularly in sports and entertainment where it's sort of a highly orchestrated, highly tailored, um, you know, sort of created hospitality experience, right? And if you think about the way that you go through most experiences these days with whether it's ordering food on the mobile app or transportation or, you know, traveling on an airplane, um, the expectation for sort of seamless mobile is, is quite high. And so our idea was like, let's make the ticket um, sort of the way that you get that kind of experience in the venue. And as the, the seller of the ticket, one, we know who you are. And two, we generally already have your payment information. So if you want to say place a mobile order for a hot dog and a beer to be delivered to your seat, you already know what your seat is. You know, we already have your credit card. So that can be a really seamless experience. So that was something we really started on in probably back in 2018, um, building the early versions of, and we're probably set, I think it was actually set to launch the first mobile ordering, um, you know, from, sort of from the ticket in literally, I think it was March of 2020. So <laughs> that was delayed by about a year yeah. uh, by COVID. But um, fortunately, I think, you know, if anything, the, the interest and the appetite for that type of thing has, has only increased in that time. Um, and, and you also are, are getting involved in what is the red hot NFT market. Um, can you kind of discuss broadly um, what, how you guys are navigating getting into that market with your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So one of our core bits of thinking on this is that, you know, sports and entertainment are all about entertainment, right? And people are very, very excited by NFTs and something that, we've always been interested in as tickets have shifted, you know, first digital and then mobile only is, is that you're sort of losing this bit of memorabilia that uh, a lot of people have been excited about in the past, which is the ticket sub. Yeah. And so we saw, and, and this came out of an internal hackathon project, which is a, a sort of healthy kind of competition that, that we run internally amongst the engineering teams and others at the company um, where people come up with creative projects that, to test out new product ideas. But one of these ideas that in a recent hackathon was, hey, can we make NFT ticket subs and give people sort of the, the modern digital version of this like much cherished collectible, the, the ticket sub. And so that's, that's really our starting point is like, we know people are excited by NFTs. We know people historically have been excited by ticket subs. Can we create an offering that, you know, just sort of whether it helps get people back in the stadium or, or teams or venues could use to incent certain behavior like, you know, get there 30 minutes early to get a special edition or, you know, place a mobile food and beverage order. So we think it's kind of just a fun thing that the teams will have, uh, you know, sort of creative ways to use. Um, and, and with that, um, do you see a future where that would include a highlight from the game they attended? Um, how, how do you kind of view that? Or, or is it just at this juncture, um, we're going to give you something just to commemorate the fact that you attended this game? Our role in this, and as we've talked to more teams and leagues, it's become clear that the rights issues around some of these things are, are quite complex. And so, you know, we sort of go back to what do we do really well on this? And I think it's that we give you this platform to run software alongside the ticket. Yeah. We know who the people are. You know, we have their payment information if you want to charge for it. Yeah. Let's make a team by team, you know, sort of client by client for us choice on what you want to offer. And if you can organize the rights so that it can include a, a highlight or, you know, even a, a picture taken from the game, mm -hmm. that's great and, and let's support that. But from our perspective, we're mostly providing that platform to say, here's 
we know this person, you know, had this ticket, this seat, we can encode that data into the NFT that, you know, this was the, you know, sort of legitimate stub for this seat and whatever you want to attach will work to support that. Um, all right. So this is, yeah, this is totally in the weeds, but since this came up and we're talking about this, um, I'm an older guy, you know, middle-aged who likes having the ticket. Um, yeah. How many people are like me asking you, can I please get one of these tickets? I know it's on my phone now, but I really still want to tangibly hold that ticket. So I would say that most teams had gotten it to the point where they were still offering usually optional commemorative ticket stock to season ticket holders. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as of pre COVID, we were, you know, depending on the client, anywhere from like say 85 to 95% mobile penetration in terms of entry. But now with COVID, it's been sort of this uh, moment to reconsider everything. And so teams are finally going 100% mobile only. I'm not sure how they've managed those conversations with the the folks like you who might really, really want those tickets. Yeah. um, I think it's an interesting question because it is such a fundamental, you know, bit of, of the history of, uh, of live events. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a, I wish there was just an option if I wanted it, that you would print me out a, you know, the paper quality stock version of this and send it to me just to have it. I mean, but I don't, I don't know if there's enough interest in something like that, or if I'm just the old guy who pines for the old days. It's, it's worth a test. Um, I think the, uh, just the idea of being able to offer, you know, sort of this additional products and, and teams are always looking to, to raise their per cap spending. It, it's absolutely worth the test. All right. Well, I'll be your guinea pig. I'll be your chief product yeah. officer of tangible tickets for the old guys who miss the old days. Um, all right. So just out of curiosity, since you are you know delving into the NFT market and I, I'm, I'm wary of that you're being you know very careful about what parts of this that you want to get into. And I are extraordinarily complicated and this is very new. I just wonder as a trend, as you see this and, and you're offering these types of products through SeatGeek, um, where do you see this going? Do you think this is a wave that's going to crash or do you think this is kind of the future of collectibles? So that's a good question. And I would say, you know, sort of blockchain in the most general sense and its relationship to ticketing has sort of been on our radar for I think since 2014 or so. And I was always a bit skeptical of the, you know, sort of applicability of, of blockchain for actually issuing tickets. Um, and the, the main reason there is that generally an event is in one place and, you know, you're going to a single venue. And so if the venue chooses to let you in, you know, that's, that's uh, kind of what is important. So why not let them keep the database of who has the ticket? Um, the distributed database maybe doesn't help very much, but when you take it to the, what a ticket sub is, you know, or a collectible in general, it's something that you do sort of own outside of the context of any given event or ticket or ticketing system, right? Like, you know, you might have collected ticket subs uh, from ticketing companies that are no longer in business anymore. Yeah. But you still have the sub, right? That's it's right. It exists outside. So I think that the applicability of, you know, collectibles, or the applicability of blockchain and NFTs to collectibles is almost perfect. And I think that whole world has been looking for the right use case and, and collectibles actually feel like a pretty good one uh, compared to some other 
stuff I've seen. So I do think there's there's certainly um, sort of a, quite a future for digital collectibles. I won't uh, pretend to know whether or not the prices will continue going up or down yeah. or, or which way, but uh, I do think that the kind of core application actually makes a lot of sense. It's, it's interesting. Uh, and I, I think we're all kind of waiting to see what happens here because Top Shot went so crazy and all of these other collectibles have just exploded in this way. I, I just, I have to think that there's going to be a reversion back to a norm or, or a bounce back, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is the future of it. So we'll see. Eric Waller is the chief product officer and one of the founders at SeatGeek. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast, the wildly popular Asian MMA competition one championship is making its way stateside. It came out uh, in April, did four back-to-back weeks in TNT. Uh, very successful for, for the company for us. It was our first true foray in the U.S. Uh, obviously, like any other company, we, we made some mistakes, learned some things from it, but at the same time, we were quite pleased with uh, how we performed, man. That's Rich Franklin, vice president of the one championship and a former MMA champ. We'll discuss competing with UFC and the tastes of fans and how they differ worldwide. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.